Welcome back to the show. I'm delighted to be rejoined again by Mr. Jared Brown today. Jared, how are you doing, man? Hello, good, Morris, and yourself? Not too bad. So it's been about a week since uh, the international game, I suppose, kind of giving you a, a chance to kind of reflect on them rather than kind of go in at them in the heat of the moment. Like So we're just going to start with Portugal anyway, a game that I was actually out watching that. I was on holidays at the time in Centre Parks with the family and I couldn't believe what I seen. It was like a completely different team. Like it was the first, from my experience anyway, real, real positive go from a team that Stephen Kenny managed. I suppose Serbia away can be thrown in there a little bit as well. But you know, I was really impressed with what I seen on the night. And if it wasn't for some very dodgy refereeing, I think we could have came away with obviously at least a point, but even a win. Yeah, and probably a bit more world class finish as well from certain Cristiano Ronaldo I think probably what swung that game yeah going into that one I wasn't too confident or too optimistic um, I know Portugal maybe flatters the Z a little bit the Euros but you still have been very very wary of the quality that, that they have we would have been worried about the fact that we didn't have that many players playing regular football going into that game I think for the previous couple of weekends before that we only had two starters in the Premier League and I think it was uh, Shane Duffy and Seamus Coleman so I was kind of worried that we could be on the wrong end of a bad night there but no it was probably the most encouraging display so far of the Kenny era probably up there as you touched on with the Serbia away from earlier the campaign and the playoff against Slovakia as well a game we probably should have won but if we took our chances but no it was really encouraging you probably would say maybe the game kind of suited us you know we got that little bit of luck early on when Gavin Bazunu produced a brilliant save from Ronaldo penalty yeah. Uh, they didn't really kind of seem to be clicking in full gears early on. You know, Josh had missed a simple chance when he hit the post, and they did leave a lot of space behind. And they gave Ireland a great opportunity with the two fullbacks, I thought Matt Doherty and James Comer were excellent tonight. Aaron yeah. Connolly, who obviously come in for a lot of criticism, I actually thought that um, he was done very, very well in that first half. Was a really good attacking outlet. Just sometimes his decision making let him down a little bit. But in fairness, I think one time when he was a bit hesitant where to square the ball or to shoot, he ended up getting shot. He ends up shooting, getting blocked down for a corner. We actually scored from that resulting corner. And a good chance he missed in the second half. I think he should have had a penalty. I think that was probably the most annoying yeah. refereeing decision of the night that didn't even at least go to VAR um, with that one. And then probably just a con- combination of lack of concentration and tired bodies and just that extra bit of world-class quality from Ronaldo, who was pretty anomalous for 90 minutes. But that's just a sign of the player that he is. He pops up with two headers. Probably the second one was absolutely unbelievable. It's as good as header. As you see anywhere, and it's just annoying because even though I, I felt that our chances of making a tower were over before that game, I still felt even if we took something from that game, it still would have been a massive order. But it would have finally felt as if it would have been lift off for Stephen Kenny and he could finally get things going. And, and instead of maybe taking the, the, the pulses from that game, as we're going to touch on now, it seems as if we probably seem to take more of the baggage from that into the Azerbaijan game three days later. Yeah, one other player I think was a notable mention there and I was kind of critical between friends, not on the show, but talking about him and I didn't really know what he delivered. But I got a glimpse firsthand what the idea behind playing Adam Ida was. He was excellent against Portugal and he was kind of excellent throughout these three games, like really as well. Yeah, I think he's actually really come of age in these these three matches. I agree with you as well. I don't think I ever would have been publicly critical of Adam Ida, but I I think I might have said this before as well. I just felt maybe... When you watch him during the Nations League last year in the first few Kenny games, I know he's a player Kenny likes, but you probably felt that maybe he was just not quite ready yet for international football. They still had a maybe. lot of development to go in the club game. 
you know, injuries as well and a COVID setback probably didn't help him last year either. I didn't maybe get the run that we would have liked from an Irish point of view in the championship of Norwich last year. But you know, he's got a bit of game time in the Premier League. Now, I know he's only getting a handful of minutes off the bench in games. And he, he probably really needs to come on and have a goal contribution to really kind of stand out to Daniel Farrakh. But I thought in terms of like the type of performance Ireland would have had in that second half, a one that up, back against, backs against the wall type of job, kind of like a lone striker. I thought he just held up the ball X and killed time winning a couple of frees. And just slowed the play down. <coughs> I did felt maybe the Serbia game, three games in six days for someone who's not used to playing that much regular football. I think he did look a little bit tired in that game, but he still came into one stage and won a free kick. And you know, a bit more lucky, probably should have scored against Azerbaijan. That's an area like a lot of Ireland attacking players probably needs to work on a little bit more. And that's the one thing we are missing is someone who put the ball in the back of it regularly. But no, definitely a lot of encouragement. I think Adi either could walk away from. That international window is head held high. And his Norwich teammate, I'll let you pronounce his name. Uh Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, yeah. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Omobamadeli. There we go, yeah. I, I I didn't practice that, so I I knew that with you uh, and I, the, the job that you're I in. I interviewed him there during the summer at a, at a, an FEI every sports summer camp launch, so I had to get it right for that and it's stuck with me ever since though. <laughs> And he's got his place now in the Norwich team. I've seen he played against yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, against the Premier League debut there last Saturday as well against uh, Arsenal. They came off the wrong side of that, that relegation six pointer. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was saying to people with that match was going into anyway. But uh, yeah, really positive performance in Portugal and very unlucky not to get anything out of the game. And then we come into the next game then. And obviously, there's a few changes made to the team. Maybe a lot of people were saying maybe there was too many changes made to the team. What did you think with the way we set up in the second game and just of the game in general? Yeah, like I just I found it very strange to think um, why someone like Jim McGrath, fair enough maybe why Stephen Kenny might have been looking at from the point of view of a second game of this intensity for something he's not used to, obviously stepping up from the Scottish Premier League with St. Marin, but not to even bring him on. Jeff Hendrick as well, not to even bring him on. I just thought it was strange after they played the previous full 90 minutes in the previous game. Um, I felt there was maybe too many changes. I think, you know, we should have stuck with a, f- a fairly settled team, the team that worked that worked well. I was kind of critical enough of him bringing in um, James McLean. Obviously, we understood that obviously he didn't, he didn't have a good game. No, and obviously we understood that Darrell Shea wasn't going to start a game with injury, but, you know, as as we're going to touch on later on, you know, as Andrew Omobamadeli showed his performance against Serbia, like why he didn't start against Azerbaijan again. Maybe quick turnaround and young body, I don't know. But um, no, the Azerbaijan game was disappointing. And this is kind of it goes back to a lot of what um, I might have been saying, maybe on other podcasts on my own channel and to other people as well. We talk about progress and under Stephen Kenny, you know, people were pointing towards a Portugal game. But if you're making progress, you have to be kind of consistency now, kicking all the results. And performances, and it just felt like deja vu mm, from last March after a good performance away in Serbia. We then back it up with a horrendous result at home against against Luxembourg, and we did the same here again after a good performance away against Portugal. For me, draw with Azerbaijan, a team that didn't even have anywhere near the standout uh, players in terms of the leagues and clubs they play with, compared to Luxembourg, who could at least points they had a couple of decent players in decent leagues. Just for me, is unacceptable. It just wasn't good enough, and. While we did create enough chances to probably win the game, there was a lot more tempo and urgency to our play than there was in the Luxembourg game. It was still looking at the same old Ireland that we've seen right down through the years. So just get the ball out wide, whip balls to the box, hope for the best. 
no real kind of creativity or anything else like that. Although a goal did come from a wonderful ball into the box by Josh Cullen, who I thought was probably our standout player in that game. It was disappointing. The first 10 or 15 minutes was really, really encouraging. We got a lot of joy down the right-hand side. Darty had a chance. Coleman had a chance. And I couldn't understand why we didn't go down that side a lot more. We seemed to persist going down the left a lot. As you touched on, James McLean didn't have a good game. Seemed to waste a lot of ball. Aaron Connolly didn't seem to be as effective or lively or as a kind of a headache to defences as much as he was against Portugal in that game. Wasted that ball. We just kind of played into their hands. I felt like the goal we gave away as well, you know, was very, very unlike a player like Seamus Coleman. Just to stand off. And yeah, step off, yeah. It. Yeah, and he had all the time in the world. I think Gary Spain was saying he had something like nine seconds on the ball, which was just ridiculous. Like, he, when he got the ball, he had an absolute scooby-doo what to do. Like, they were, they were a very, very limited side. I know... In the end, Gavin Mazzuno had to make a good save with his legs at 1-0, but they didn't really create much or offer much. And like at the game, we should have won, even though we didn't really play that particularly well. And it was a result that left me kind of question, like, you know, right, you have, you've had a couple of bad results, but like, you know, the fact that we're not beating these teams, we should be beating, you know, if someone told you to start the campaign, you only take one point at home from Luxembourg and Azerbaijan. You know, whatever about not making Qatar and saying, fair enough, we're building for the next campaign. But that is unacceptable, and like that would have been that would, something that was a given. We would have felt it would have been a given going to the campaign to take six points. And when you don't, it does pile the pressure on, even though regardless of the result against Serbia, it was a good result, but it wasn't a good performance against Serbia, I felt, either. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a minute. But in, in terms of, like, yeah, you're talking about like games like Azerbaijan that we should be winning at home. Um, Like, in years gone by, we should have been maybe thinking about taking six points for them and pushing for, a, like, a playoff spot now. I, f- I found, I thought after the first two games of this group that we were gone. Yeah. But then when I watched the performance against Portugal, I thought, if we can somehow win this game, no, no. then we were kind of back in it, you know. But no. just, just, the way it, just the way it kind of, um, there was a lot of positivity coming out of the Portugal game and then to go into that Azerbaijan yeah. game and put in that kind of performance, I know there was a lot of players taken out of the team but why do you think that was you think it was down to he thought players would be too tired to to play again or what probably i suppose looked in the day he might have look i'm sure there was assessments and taken of what their body recovery was at like jeff hendrick prior to then hadn't played a premier league minute for Bur- for newcastle he played in the the efl cup as i mentioned jay mcgrath massive step up from the intensity we've been used to playing in scotland maybe they just weren't quite quite ready for it I don't know but like I, I still think the likes of Andromo Bamdeli after the way he came in against Portugal should have started that game Yeah, um, I would have liked to have seen Callum Robinson come in but I think Stephen Kenny touched on that he said himself he wasn't quite ready um, after Covid though I thought like the Brendan Troy Parrish and you know going with himself Connolly and either from was a, was a from an outlet from the outside it looked like an attack minded move now it didn't pay off Parrish was was fairly anomalous in the game but Mm-hmm. Like going back to your kind of earlier point, like if if you're to be brutally honest, the campaign was over after we even lost in Belgrade because I kind of felt, realistically speaking, we would have to get something from that game. It was definitely over after what happened in the Luxembourg game, regardless of what happened in Portugal tonight. If we took something from that game, and I agree, with you, I never expected us to get out of this group. Um, I didn't. I thought maybe third place, but I still think you should have to beat Azerbaijan and Luxembourg. Like I think Luxembourg were the lowest ranked of the of the pot four teams so basically you could say they were a pot five team yeah it's not really kind of good enough and like you know without jumping too far ahead i'm sure it's a topic we'll come to before we finish up but 
like as good as the result was against Serbia, as I touched on, I wasn't impressed with the performance. And for me, if he doesn't get, you know, six points, you would have to fear from going forward. Is he going to be in charge of the next campaign? I kind of disagree a little bit when, well, from a, maybe it's too much of a positive perspective, but I'd be looking at the group and I think, right, Portugal are going to top that group. But I don't think, and as we kind of seen the other night, like Serbia were fairly wasteful against us. They could have won four or five nil another night. But I don't think sure that they're, are. I don't think they're at the the level that Portugal are at though. And I think like if we played like we could historically with rising occasions against these so called bigger teams, like we could have had a chance of finishing second in this group. I reckon. Possible. I think that's a little bit. Optimistic. Optimistic. I, think I, I, I still think if you look down through the, the, the quality and individual players in that Serbia squad and the clubs they play for, the Vlad's playing, you know, Flavich goals in Serie A last season. Like, I'm I'm here talking to you about two Irish players starting in the Premier League. Like, and I agree with you. Like, I, I still don't think, you know, overall Serbia are going to make the World Cup. And it goes back to kind of another point as well. Even if we were to finish second in this group, We'd have to win two one-legged playoff games in the space of three or four days. That was going to be a massive, massive ass. So it's very, very hard now for countries like Ireland to to get to the World Cup. Like you can even see with our neighbour Scotland, like it's in their own hands to finish second in their group. But they even know themselves, even by finishing second, they still have another mountain to climb to make the World mm-hmm. Cup. So it's going to be a big, big ask. I, I'd agree. With you. I don't think Serbia are at the level of Portugal. I think yes, they will finish second in this group and comfortably. That was probably a hammer blow for them that draw in terms of top in the group because it will set up a probably a winner take all game in yeah. Portugal now you think they're going to finish second and I still don't think that probably um will make the World Cup like at the end of the day they weren't at the Euros in the summer gone by either like so well they are a very very good team now for whatever reason they never seem to qualify for European Championship as old don't seem to be World Cups that they seem to peak for yeah they, they were absolutely devastated the other night when that final whistle went yeah and I just they, I watched the punditry on RT and I watched the punditry on Virgin Media and they were worlds apart. Uh, the punditry on RT was just very positive, this is great. And then on Virgin Media, then you have Brian Kerr and maybe yeah. he still has maybe he still has some sour grapes from his time there as well. But he was saying, well, what are we celebrating for? What are we up in arms for? We have two points out of 15. Does he have a point? I think he definitely does. I think, look, first and foremost... Yeah, I, I was saying to a lot of people I mean, up before the match and just in general Tuesday night in that game I would take it. It, it was a good result because I think Serbia are a better team than us in the moment. They are to put it this way they're in their last campaign to qualify for the World Cup. I think they're a better team now than they were four years ago and we are not as good as we were then in terms of you know personnel we have and everything else like that and you know we're obviously in a rebuilding and transition phase we're bringing through young players but I agree, but like I think I can say definitely agree with Brian Kerr's point. Like two points from five games, we've had the two weakest teams in the group at home is is not acceptable. You would have been at a minimum looking for seven points to this group, and, and maybe still be in a shout for a playoff. But I can kind of see then the RT kind of point of view. Look, I was also the first to kind of say as well why it was a poor performance, and, and we got lucky. Kenny deserved that break. He deserved that luck. He deserved a goal going in off an opposition player's backside. Because like, let's be honest, we never looked like scoring until mm-hmm. then. But then typical Ireland of old, as you say, when we score, we seem to rise and play a buzz ourselves. Duffy is a header that wasn't far away. Oma Bandetti nearly becomes 
a national hero with a number yeah, two strike. Yeah. Their keeper tip. It just opened up it's for amazing. Him. Yeah, but it's amazing. Go right back, to, you know, to the Trapattoni days and more recent to Martin O'Neill. Once we score, suddenly we start to become the best team in the world. And it's the same way again the other night. Like, look, I do think there are positives to be taken from that game and in terms of the result and everything else like that. It's a draw, but we really need now to start to be kind of kicking on and winning a lot more. Like, but this was club football, one win in 16. You'd be gone. Can you be gone. Yeah, and you have to remember as well, the Nations League, the Nations League is designed that you play against teams under similar standard. So we weren't playing against anyone in them six matches that are overly better than us. Now, we only we drew three games and lost three of them by 1-0 or not goal. So that probably does reflect, you know, we weren't that far away in reality. Mm-hmm. We, still had to, we still should have been winning some of their matches. There's no excuse for not winning two games in this group. And I I'd agree, I think Jonathan Walters was making the point on off the ball, I think, on Wednesday night. Like, he really does need to start now. If he wants to kind of back up his own points, he's making press conference, has to start driving it on the pitch now and getting the results. And for me... I don't really care about the Qatar game because it's only a friendly, but Azerbaijan and Luxembourg away, they just have to be won for me, or otherwise I do think Kenny is in genuine danger of not being in charge for the next campaign. It's good to see Shane Duffy back uh, playing with a bit of confidence as well, though, isn't it, on the positive side? Yeah, and even at the weekend, just there gone by again, he put another solid display for, for Brighton, so it's not like as if it was just a flash in the pan or a couple of games. He really seems to got back into his mojo and his gel again. Look, it's brilliant. I think, I suppose, you could point to the fact that he ended last season quite well from an Irish point of view. He had a very good performance in that game against Hungary. Maybe he just took that kind of good vibe into the summer. Look, I think he was an easy escape to Celtic last season. Celtic yeah. in general were an absolute shambles last season. I think it's yeah, easy just terrible. to point out at Shane Duffy. Like, they were a long, long way off the pace. and It wasn't just because of him. There was a lot of problems. And, look, he moved to a new club, to a new city, you know, in the middle of lockdown, you know, with tense instructions he couldn't really do much I'd say it was just a horrible time and he'd obviously lost a lot of close family members as well so he's back home in a constant environment in Brighton and it just seems to be working well for him and, and again you know we talk about it he went into a club last season there was in terrible form and that just you know didn't help him Brighton are flying at the season they're ninth they're or not ninth they've, they've nine points they're sixth or seventh on the table they're a quarter of the way there to safety already after four games and that's probably helping his performance as well he's in a good kind of set an environment. He's got a regular centre-back partnership there with himself and Lewis Dunk. They were excellent going back as far as when they got promoted from the Premier League. They have a great understanding. And yeah, and his Ireland performance over the last couple of days were, were really, really encouraging as well. He was arguably our best defender against Portugal. And again, he could have been a hero with a late header against um, against Serbia. And overall, in general, he done fairly well in that game. There was that one stage where was he, I think he was... Omar Bamdeli gave him a back pass and he was very slow on the ball and he gave away possession but Bazuna was quick to come off his line and close down the angle but in general again it's great to see the Shane Duffy of old come back in a green shirt yeah absolutely he's a real leader as well in the team and he's someone with experience that we need around these young guys as well I think sorry I just I just lost your there connection if you just want to repeat that oh no brother yeah I'm just saying that um he's someone that's very useful for us with his experience playing around these young lads as well yeah, that's one thing I've really noticed already himself and, and Gavin Bazuna seem to have a, an unbelievable understanding. Every time Bazuna makes a big save or an important save, an impressive save, he's always straight up to him to kind of let him know his appreciation, his love for him and kind of encouragements and high fives and hugging him and everything else like that. And it's great to see. And I'd imagine he's the same way as well around Darrow Shea and Andrew Owen Bamdeli, like tenements positions. And 
and stuff like that. I remember hearing story about young Irish lads coming through at Brighton, like when Aaron Connolly was coming through when Desi has gone down a different paths in sport now, but they were always full of praise for just the way he was around younger players and the way he always looks out for them off the field. And he, and he seems to be the exact kind of same way on the field. And he's got that captain's armband back as well. And like I said, it's, it really has turned full 60 from Because in general, apart from maybe a couple of them performances in the Nations League last year, he hasn't really put a foot wrong for Ireland. Like He was still brilliant in that playoff game against Slovakia. Obviously, he didn't play in any of the Marsh games. I think he might have played against Qatar, but that was only a friendly. So... He yeah. definitely is someone that I think is going to have a big save going forward for Ireland. Like, obviously, he's going to be 30 now in the new year, but just still think there's at least another two campaigns in him. Yeah. So where do we go from here looking into the next round of fixtures? In, is it October or November? October, yeah. Back out again about four or five weeks. It's uh, Azerbaijan away. Well, that's probably the most important game on the Saturday. It's probably good because every time an international window comes around, you kind of feel, right, the squad me up for the first training session on Monday, and then let's fly out somewhere, and there's a game on a Wednesday or Thursday. So now I think they have until the Saturday, I think it will actually finally give Kenya a lot of time to, you know, work with the players and maybe even give them a bit of recovery, a proper recovery session, especially anyone playing on a Sunday with their clubs. Like, you know, you would have had Josh Cullen, for instance, playing on a Sunday, and then let's play the Portugal game on a Wednesday. It's very, very quick turnaround. So yeah. that's obviously the most important game. In the Qatar friendly at home on the Tuesday night, look, it's going to be a hard sell. It's only a friendly game, but hopefully, still, you know, people come out and get behind that game. But yeah, look, the campaign is done in terms of any mathematical chances of um, making the playoff. But I think it's vitally important that we try and end this campaign. We're getting six points from our last three matches. Hopefully, maybe if we're old score away, that might be enough to get us third. That would depend on Luxembourg not beating Azerbaijan away, which is possible. And, you know, hopefully build and go forward towards another Nations League campaign and the Euros going forward to 2024, which I still think is a possibility for us to make. Like, you know, we've seen how the format has changed now as well to qualify for that and there's more teams. So it's not beyond the reams of possibility. But look, you can turn around and say there was a couple of positives to take away from this window. You know, the Portugal performance, the Serbia results. Some people might even say the, the, the performance there as well. I'm not so sure. I'd be, no. I'd be more on the Brian Kerr side of things on that one. But it has to now start driving on, and, for, and in order to really start seeing this progress, you know, you have to start seeing more consistency. Consistency, and we've got to start beating these teams that we should be beating. No more excuses now for me. Yeah, the manager, like, there's there's absolutely no point. Even if I I'd be critical of the manager sometimes, there's no point sacking him now. He he has no, to get pointless. To, let, he has to get to the end of this campaign. campaign yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. we can all agree on that. But then I think there's got to be a serious assessment at the end of the campaign if things keep going this way, you know? Yeah. The only, the only thing is I will say, like, I do kind of like the style and approach and what, you know, it's the philosophy, I suppose, that Stephen Kenny set out that he wants to kind of bring and the style of play. Now, I'm not 100% sure if I've totally overseen that in this window. Like, I wouldn't say it was a brilliant passing performance against Portugal, which was a very, very good all-round Efficient you know, performance. Display. Yeah. Like we didn't we didn't pass Azerbaijan a team of lesser abilities than us off the pitch and we certainly didn't against Serbia. Like only for a goalkeeper we would have been beaten four or five one, I think, in that game. Yeah. So I do think like if if the FAI do decide at the end of this right looks even you're not the man. But I still want them to kind of go down the route of someone of a similar philosophy and similar identity, and not kind of go back to safety first approach or someone maybe like a Chris Newton, who I think is on borrowed time at this stage and not here in Forest and I work with a Nottingham Forest fan, and I know they're not happy at all. Not even just with the way things are going there, but just the style of football. Like I, 
just by ha- by chance, I actually watched Nottingham Forest Cardiff game on Sunday. Forest won it up at half time and were playing brilliant football. And then they just stepped back in the second half, invited pressure onto them the last two one. And Brighton fans will tell you the same about Chris Hewton. So I don't want to see that kind of type of appointment or you know a big Sam. I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, I want yeah. to see someone who is kind of going to encourage young players. Who is going to try and encourage a good style of play and a philosophy of a similar route down to Stephen Kenny. So it's important that if the FAI do decide, right, Stephen, you're not the man in November, but to keep that in mind. Someone like Eddie Howe would be fantastic, but you also have to be realistic as well. Would Eddie Howe want to take over Ireland when he could easily get a Premier League job himself? And also, are the FAI going to be able to afford him? I think if they're going to go down the line of simply kind of a a stylistic manager, uh, similar to Kenny, well, then it's going to have to be someone with experience because you can see that that's kind of maybe the problem that he has. Yeah. Like, and you 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 probably have a point to say that, well, there might be some good hits there on his his management team, like Dean Coyley, Keith Andrews, and Anthony Barry. I know Anthony Barry's with Chelsea and he's highly tough, but are any of them overly that experienced? No. Maybe that was. Maybe somewhere he could have looked to get gone down, even by getting Damien Duff on board originally. Not an awful lot of experience there either. Like, yeah, yeah. But listen, it was great to catch up, and we're we'll probably catch up then in October, and we'll see how things are after they, these next two games. I know one of them is kind of a, a dead rubber anyway, but hopefully to get a good turnout. I think they might have to lower the price of the tickets for that Qatar game because of just what it is and the opposition, and hopefully even get a nice full house there at that one. Yeah, and in fact, as well as a Tuesday night as well, so midweek night, like, I think if common sense prevailed, 10, 15 euro for a ticket, but, but knowing the FBI, I don't see it being any cheaper than 25, to be honest, but yeah, it's <laughs> good catching up, yeah. Morris, and hopefully next time we do chat, we'll have uh, we'll have two wins to talk about, and that uh, things will be heading in the right direction for Stephen Kenny, because look, like anyone in charge of Ireland, you always want to see your manager in charge of your team do well, because it's a sign that the team is doing well, he's not under pressure, so look, I'm still, I'm still wanting to work out for Stephen Kenny, but as I said, like, you you still do have your doubts, as I think this window is showing as well. Yeah. Thanks a million, Jared. No worries, Mars. Good to catch up.